Welcome to your area. We're uh, sitting with Chad McCann today. He's the uh, Senior Director of Leasing for the Midwest for WeWork. WeWork, uh, the news stories on WeWork are starting to to die down a bit, which for Thankfully. a while there, it was just like, yeah. you were getting Yeah, hammered. it was interesting. Uh, 2019, you know, until 2020, <laughs> 2019 for WeWork was, I think the rest of the world's 2020. It was interesting to say the least. So a lot of changes at corporate. First of all, I, you know, it, it's kind of like your favorite restaurant. You know, it, the food's great. The decor is great. You want to hang out there. Yep. Um, but don't go back in the kitchen, right? And the kitchen was Wall Street <laughs> yep. and your front of house. Right. And, uh, I th- you know, we've done a couple of deals together, really good deals, one with Chow Now, yep. uh, one with Fan360. Uh, so I know firsthand from my clients, uh, um, first of all, how happy they are, and then how seamless and easy it was to get a transaction done with you guys. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, you know, the interesting, you know, so I've been with WeWork now for the corp with the company for about three years. And so if you understand the history of the company, you know, I've seen probably the highest and highs and lowest of lows of the corporate sector, specifically within real estate, you could experience. Like not being able to expense your hamburger. <laughs> Which, you know, that message corporately versus how we felt internally, we're, we're two different things. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think, listen, I think part of that, uh, part of those policies that, that you, you know, poke fun of, and we poke fun of them too, yeah. right? But I think a lot of that, the, the uh, intangible aspects of WeWork were a lot of the pizzazz, a lot of the, if you want to call it, you know, people called it a fugazi, right? But it was a lot of what made WeWork right. a special place to be. It's a lot of, there was a lot of things done incorrectly, but a lot of the time, because of those same things, it was why we grew so fast. Right. And it was because the real estate industry as a whole, and you know this, you've been in the industry for years, as a whole, the real estate industry was a tired industry, right? It had right. been around for a long time, done things the same way forever, and it needed some disruption, right? It needed some change, right? And I think WeWork somewhat implemented that. And when people stepped into our WeWork space, not only were they transacting as a real estate decision, but now they they actually did in some aspects, especially in the startup community, feel like we're a part of something bigger than we are. And there was a, some sort of a magic to that, if you will. Um, and I think, you know, over time, we got a little bit too oh, too far away from the fundamentals of real estate. You know, I think we tried to be a lot of things that we weren't. Uh, but I think now with, with new leadership coming in, we can kind of talk about that too, but new leadership, our focus on WeWork is a real estate company and we can still provide that special member experience that they may not get from traditional space. Um, but nonetheless, we went through some headwinds to get there. Right. And you know, what's uh, you were changing the real estate business, but um, it seems like WeWork is even more relevant today as we work our way out of the abyss of, of yeah. the the virus. No pun intended. As we right. right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, so talk, I mean, I think, and I, I believe WeWork was one of the first to come out with a playbook on how to deal with code, how to get people back yep. in the office. So again, they're kind of at the forefront of, you know, really dealing with those issues, things that are right. important to the employee. So yeah. talk about, um, and also I should say, you know, there's, the big talk today is distributed workforce. Yep. And, you know, not everybody's going to come back to the office and there's going to be a distributed workforce, not throughout the city at home, but throughout the country. Right. And throughout the world for that matter. Right. So right. Uh, 
how, how is your company positioned to, to really take this forward in a really positive yeah, way? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting how things come full circle. I think, you know, and when WeWork was founded, it was the go-to place for real estate. We went through a lot of expansion, a lot of change, and probably some overextension, had a little bit of a valley. People wondered, is WeWork going to make it? And then I think 2020 hits, and you have a global pandemic hit. And, you know, the right people who are positioned well when those things happen can actually do very well for themselves in the long haul. And so I think what WeWork did is, you know, we wanted to be known as a thought leader in the industry, right? How can we strategically think about real estate, but how employers are thinking about their employees? How can we be an extension, almost an HR extension to them? on how we treat employees returning to the office in a safe manner. And so we rolled out these five sanitation standards for return to the office. And um, there's a number of them. You can go look online what they are. But some of the big ones were people wondered with how we sit people. We were sit in a dense environment. We work traditionally from a square footage basis. How are we going to de-densify that, right? And how are we going to keep our spaces clean? And so we put hundreds and hundreds of hand sanitizers in each market throughout all of our assets. And then we had cleaning crews who are coming through by the hour. Yeah, I think that's the, I mean, it's probably the safest office to be in because your own office, you do not have people cleaning eight hours, nine hours a day constantly. So um, you just can't do that in a traditional setting. No, because I think, you know, again, it's it's baked into an agreement with the landlord, right? But with us, we're going to understand, all right, how can we be ahead of the curve and make people feel like this is a safe place to return. Because you probably experienced it too. There's a there's a subset of people that they're done at home, right? Baby's crying, dog's barking, they're not getting anything done. I've seen so many funny things on Zoom calls in the background happening. There's a lot of people that are done. But then there's another subset that have really enjoyed this convenience right. of working from home. And as a real estate company, how do we not fight that, but how do we join that, align with that, and win in the long game? And I think it's what what we're seeing is people feel safe because we've taken a heightened alert and sensitivity to sanitation, cleanliness, um, social distancing, relayed out a ton of our spaces. But then, too, I think what we're doing is a lot of enterprise corporations are realizing the future is never, in my opinion, and I think I've heard some other thought leaders say this, I don't think the future, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, but the future is never going to be a permanent work-from-home scenario. And the reason why, and what we're hearing from companies and C-levels is you can't build culture in a company and make people feel proud to work who they work for virtually. You can't do it. Eventually, that, that runway runs out. Now, I think there's a difference between work-from-home permanently and the option. See, people inherently, they like to have flexibility in their schedule. They like to have options. They like to have choices. So, you know, if you wake up on a Wednesday and you say, I don't want to go into the office today. I want to work from home. The option to do that makes you feel free. However, the choice that's been made for you that you will always be at home now limits those choices, right? So it actually makes you feel more confined, even though you get to sit on your couch. So I think what you're going to see moving into 2021 and what we're seeing from our enterprise sector is companies are saying, we're going to go to a hybrid model. We'd like to use WeWork as a three day a week, face-to-face culture building collaborative space. And we're going to have an office that's used 
but it's not going to be used in the same way Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, like our traditional spaces have. And it's a very intriguing concept that we'll see. I think, uh, you know, you got companies like Amazon and IBM and Facebook and some of these massive corporations that are reevaluating. How do we how do we cater to our workforce, but still have that in-person experience that makes people say, I want to work for Google. Yeah. I want to work for Facebook, right? It's that environment experience. And so how do we lean into that? So we'll see. So um, let's talk a little bit about the, you know, where we work is now. Now, uh, yeah, I guess last quarter, first. Uh, Very well. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our revenue right now is, is growing in the middle of a time where a lot of companies they're not right. And I think what you're seeing is it's a, it's a, it's a correlation to a lot of people who are saying, we don't want to have 10 years of debt obligation on our books. Cause we don't know what the future looks like. And there's, they don't know what utilization will look like either in 2021. So, you know, a company even like let it fly and you know, let it fly is in, in the office today, but a lot of companies are not in the office, but they're saying we want to get back, but I don't know what my workforce is going to feel like next year. So I don't know what utilization is going to be. So how can I feel good committing financially to any sort of long-term real estate? So you're seeing a lot of companies have a huge appetite for flexibility. I do. I agree with that. And uh, I think 2021 and 22 is going to be um, a busy year in the office space world. Because I think, number one, this change, there's a lot of this that's going to become permanent. Yeah. Um, people are going to use their space differently, which means they got to reconfigure and I think they want to be in new space, clean space, new mechanical systems, touchless features. And so I think there'll be a flight to quality. Uh, and I think the way in which office operates and is designed is going to change. Yeah. And so there's got to be this bridge, right, which is and I, and I think that's where you're going to see management agreements, right? If you understand those, like you've got an extension of yourself to operate your space for you right? Versus you being responsible for it. You know, it's like at the end of the day, a company wants to work on what's going to drive revenue. They don't want to worry about real estate, right? They deal with it once every five to seven years and their lease comes up. But beyond that, they want to build their company. Well, if we work and listen, it's like, I, I, I'm open when I say this, we're not a square peg round hole opportunity. We're not a fit for everybody. In fact, there are a number of companies that I would suggest do not consider our model. But I think with where people value things today, I think we're going to be intriguingly becoming more of an option for people who would never consider us before, right? Well, and, it, and it really comes down to, uh, and the reason why real estate doesn't change is the way it's financed. You know, we need long-term leases Yep. with high credit companies. We need a lease, a long lease yep. that requires attorneys hours to review and negotiate. Right. Um, and that's, you know, the building's value is based on the length of the term and the credit of the tenant. And so consequently, you know, that's driving, you know, this situation doesn't work for the company. Right. 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 So WeWork takes the risk. They use their, you know, their the millions and millions of square feet that they've built out, the things they've yep. learned from building that out. And then they arbitrage it. Yep. And, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people think it's more expensive. And I did uh, until we did the Fan 360 deal. Yeah, uh, we were in the market for eighteen thousand feet, um, and then we brought them over uh, to WeWork at Lightwell, mm-hmm. and they said, "Why are we looking for office space? We don't know whether we're going to be, you know, thirty thousand square feet in two years. Why am I going to sign a five or ten year deal?" Right. And uh, 
with your great salesmanship, they, we did an 80 seat deal, right? I don't know. I think I think it was the kombucha juice on yeah, tap that sold them. Right. You know, I see uh, I see a number of their their leadership team walking over there multiple times a day. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's what companies. I think the biggest question they need to ask themselves today: we work or not we work? And any real estate decision, a lot of people right now they're sitting on their hands because they don't know what else to do because they're afraid of the future. So it's really a question on, like you said, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Fan360, they asked the right question. Let's get back to the basics of this. Why do we need an office space, right? Throw out the, the notions and the stereotypes, but what are we trying to accomplish with an office space? Fan360 specifically, very big on employee culture, very big on interaction, very big on becoming one of the favorite places to work in Kansas City, right? Um, very big on giving employees the feeling of having some flexibility, but still being in the office, right. right? And I think from a financial perspective, you know, listen, apples to apples, you know, a lot of people say WeWork is a premium. Well, it is a premium square foot to square foot, right? But when you factor in line items, when you factor in how does an HR bottom line get affected because one employee chooses not to leave for another company for $10,000 more a year because they love the work environment they're in every day. Right. How much does it cost to replace that employee, right? Factor that into your bottom line. And what if your work environment and your office space, what if your real estate limited employee turnover? How much does that change your P&L? Right. And, and, and in some cases, that, that's hard to quantify it is. Right, in a sp spreadsheet. But going back to the Fan360 deal, it was uh, – it was a revenue neutral deal. So it, it, they were spending the same amount to be in 18,000 square feet space. as to be at WeWork. S smaller space, but, it, but the, the, the conference rooms and the common areas and yep. all the stuff that you need within an office space um, is a part of the deal. Is included in that real estate, right? right? So about 30% of our assets are going to be common amenities. But I think employees like that too because they don't like having to sit in the same place all day. They like being able to break out and go into this nook or this booth or, you know, this kitchen area. They feel like, I mean, even myself, right? And I think you probably realize it too. Like some days I work from Lightwell. Some days I work from Corrigan. Some days I do work from home. But I like the change I need up, that. Right? Yeah. I need the change. I, I can't stand that. the sitting down at a desk all day long repeating the same thing. And I think what you're finding, especially in the millennial generation, is they all want the same thing too, right? So you need some of that. Uh, difference within office environment. Yeah, you need heads down space where no one's going to bother you so you can yep. get really hard work done. And then there's collaborative social space where, you know, you're ex it's an exchange yep. of ideas. Those two spaces don't go together. You've got to have them separate. separated. And it's interesting. I, I'm glad you brought that up. So in, in New York, and we've done this in several flagship markets, uh, but in New York, our office spaces that are for our employees, no one has private officing. We have what we call neighborhoods. So we have an office of 100,000 square feet, hypothetical number, that we break up into neighborhoods throughout the office. Heads down office, collaboration office, lunch office, client meeting office, conference room office. It's like a bunch of different sections throughout the building that you migrate to based on what you're doing in that hour. Right. That's really fun. That's a fun day. Yeah, it is. And it and really productive. And productive. And it's like it really starts to get companies thinking, like, okay, 
what moves the needle as far as employees wanting to be here? You know, how many companies have at five o'clock, everyone's gone, right? And everyone's got that to an extent, Friday afternoon, people want to get out. But when you start having companies, when we've experienced this, companies have come to us and said, it's six o'clock on a Tuesday and people are here. Maybe they're not even working. Maybe they're just having a drink or enjoying each other. But or, our, or they're out on the patio, they're out on the having patio, a beer, exactly. you're still they're working. The terrace, yeah. They're drinking from our taps. And maybe they're even talking to someone from another company within our community. Either way, they're there in the office. And guess what? Who gets the credit for that? That company does. Not we work. The company does because that employee can say, I work for Fan360. I love going to work every day. Let's talk about the new management that's that's really yeah. uh, been instrumental in in turning the the cruise ship around. Yeah, Sandeep, um, who's the new CEO. Yeah, I knew something was different when I got a call, a personal call. Yeah, well, I'd love to him. hear more about that. What? I, you know, it was right after COVID, and he reached out uh, and said, "Let's do a Zoom call." And so, um, got on the phone and. And we chatted for about 30 minutes and he explained what he was doing, uh, what his goals were, yeah. uh, and that they were committed to Kansas City. Uh, and they were committed, uh, you know, to paying brokers because I think brokers brokers were concerned about getting paid from landlords. Right. Um, but uh, he wanted to make sure that uh, he knew that he was committed to these uh, core ideals. Um, so cool. I think that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, for him to take 30 such minutes. Such a high to level call, yeah. to call you. I, I think that it really does. That's a, just a microcosm of who he's been internally. He is so hands-on. And if you understand Sandeep's background, I mean, he's a real estate titan in the retail sector, right? And But he's got – he understands people at the end of the day. He, he really understands business, and he's not playing games right now. And you can't afford to do so, but he's doing what the company needs to, what they, what we need to have happen in the right timing. And I think what Sandeep's doing is he's saying, hey, I'm at the top of the mountain as your CEO, but I'm coming down at the bottom to hike back up with you. And I think that that's real leadership, yep, right? It sure is. It's peer-to-peer leadership. I'm no better than you. I'm doing this with you, not do it for me. Like, work with me, not for me. Yeah, he's, he seems like a very humble very, and very transparent, man. right? This is where we're at. This is where we need to get to. And he's actually good at painting a vision for a hopeful outcome. Because listen, like every company, no matter who you are, you've got bad real estate. No company of, of a significant size has great real estate deals on every transaction that they do for office. Everyone's got some deals that they maybe wish they could redo, right? And so, you know, he's essentially come in and said, we're in a much better position than you think we are because we've gotten spending under control. And once you get spending, once you start cutting burn rate, from that point, WeWork has always grown revenue-wise. And SoftBank's always, in anything that they're involved in, uh, it's it's all about market share yep. at all costs, right? Yeah. Um, which is a double-edged sword. Which is a double-edged sword. Which can sword. be dangerous. Uh, was good for WeWork, though, when we needed it. But I think now we have a much more tailored approach. Let's talk locally. Um, so the first location was at Corrigan. Yeah. Wildly successful, uh, due in part to a being in the coolest building in, in Crossroads. Very good, Vince yeah. Vince Bryant. Great you building. Know, builds amazing Historic. real estate. Yep. He was at this table a couple of months ago. and um, He's got some exciting projects. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was does. just with him yesterday, and he's he's got 
he's got a big vision. Yeah, he does. And the star— I can't wait for that. star building. is big enough vision, right? Right. I mean, that guy is crazy. I mean, they, they bought that building, and he didn't really start designing it until— a year later because he couldn't design it because he had to rip everything Completely out of it to see everything. what he had. Yeah, I remember t- I took a tour of that building with our area director, Eric Wolschlager, who you know Eric yeah. well too. And we took a tour with Vince of that building two years ago. And it was right after he just took possession of it. And they were doing some demo. But it was hard for me to even see, what are you going to do with this? But he was so crystal clear. Yeah. He's got a gift in that area. So. Yeah, he work. I mean, he works with a Rubik's cube. I mean, you go. Yeah, I guarantee you, what he told me yesterday has changed because he's. Right. Con- I mean, it's a dynamic process, which is very different than most real estate developers. I mean, once your plan's in place, you execute yep. right, uh, regardless. Because, but but he is. Uh, he's he's. Uh, he's really changed the face of real estate. Yeah. Downtown. Well, I think he's nimble. You know, and he's he's willing to his thoughts are always in flux. Yeah. Which is healthy in anything, but really in real estate. So Corgan, wildly successful, full up. Uh yeah, did very well. We worked with you guys for almost two and a half years of trying the the, the second deal. It was a process. Um and uh Samara Road, uh when they put uh Lightwell under contract, they said we want light we want we work. And so we went to work with HOK to design a building rehab a building that would appeal uh, to WeWork. Yep. And the building's really become just an extension. When it's done, which will be done in the next 60 days, so is really an extension of the same vibe that you get upstairs at WeWork. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about uh, WeWork Lightwell yeah. and why you chose Lightwell and um, you know what's, what's, the, what's down the road there. What's the end game there? Yeah, yeah I think, so Corrigan, like you mentioned, very successful. Um, we filled up within about six months of opening completely. And that was our first model in Kansas City. It was traditional co-working. Right? It was one to 10 person offices with the exception of a few larger suites, but it was basic co-working, what everyone would expect from a co-working operation. But it did very well in a submarket like the Crossroads that startup heavy, right? And um, certainly more of an eclectic, trendy mo- submarket. And it was perfect submarket for WeWork at the time. And so, but then what we realized, and a lot of the times what we do in markets, and as I've worked other markets throughout the Midwest, it's been interesting to see the differences between how Kansas City operates to Minneapolis, to Detroit, to St. Louis, and they're all different. St. Louis, Kansas City are a little similar, but the rest are very different. And I think what we realized in Kansas City was people love the product. They love the environment. We had, I can't tell you how many people would walk into Corrigan and say, what is this place? Like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Well, this is, this is flexible office space. This is office space. And it's just like recalibrated people's mind on what their workday could look like, right? And so it did well, but what we noticed was larger mid-market companies throughout the market were starting to notice that employees were coming into Corrigan and they were realizing, this is how I'd like to work every day versus in a setting of 100 cubicles, right? Maybe in a traditional white box. There's nothing wrong with that. That works for some companies. But I think what they realized was employees started wanting more. And so they came to us in the market and they said, we love your culture, we love your environment, but we don't want to be intermingled as much as Corrigan is. We don't want to work in traditional co-working. We need larger spaces. So we identified Lightwell with your help, uh, with Area's help. And um, I think the reason why we chose Lightwell is because, number one, we wanted to stay in this, we wanted to be in the central business district. We were in the crossroads, but we really wanted to be in the CBD. And really the reason we wanted to be was for the long game. 
because I think Kansas City, and I, you can speak to this more than I can, but the CBD has always been a little behind in Kansas City, right? Power and Light started putting it on the map, you know, what, um, what Cordish did with that. But I think now what you're seeing with Waddell and Reed, I think what you're seeing with some of these redevelopments, Vince Bryant, of course, that's the crossroads. But in these two markets, you're starting to see traction. And most importantly, I think from a, from a company perspective, you're starting to see multifamily go up, starting to see con- duplexes and condos and, and luxury condominiums go up, which means there's demand for more people wanting to live downtown, which means companies are more attractive to be downtown because employees live there. Right. No one wants to drive to Johnson County if they live in Reverb. Or too light. Right. And, you know, it, it, for years, the vacancy rate downtown was in the upper teens. And today, it's like 7 or 8%. Yep. Part of it is is uh, companies that are moving downtown. But a big part of it was, over the last decade, 3.5 million square feet of obsolete office space has been converted to multifamily housing. Yep. So uh, you've got, uh, I think— 10 years ago, there was probably 9,000 people living downtown. Okay. Today, we're at 28,000. Wow, I did not know that. And the wow. next uh, three years, they're expecting to be above 30. So, so good to hear. It's you a know, game changer. And, and think- you know, more often, and, and what we're seeing in terms of pe- companies looking uh, at Lightwell, um, these CEOs and owners of businesses, they're living at too light. They're living downtown. They want to work and live downtown. Which you could never say 10 never. years ago. Never. Right, but it's it's exciting for guys like you and me, right, who cut our teeth on the CBD, right, and the urban core, right. It's like sometimes I feel like I wish I, you know, with Minneapolis, the urban core is a few years beyond us. Yeah, and I go there and I'm like, gosh, can't wait till Kansas City gets to this point. But we're getting there. Yeah, and we're going to continue. You know, to get and there. and it's, I mean, we've in Kansas City, we've always compared ourselves to other cities, and it's it's just a dumb thing to do. We're yeah. Kansas City, right? Right. We're unique. Yeah. Like Nashville's new, unique. We're not going to be Nashville. No, we're Kansas no. City, and we're definitely on on the map. Um, I think it started with the Royals, right? The Royals win. Everybody started to get some swagger. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, and I think too, like from a Lightwell perspective. We selected Whitewell because we believed that asset in the CBD was going to be the center of all the development. Yeah. We believed that was going to be the lone piece of property, office space in the CBD. It was going to be the first for sure of class A, true talent attraction office in the CBD. It's crazy. I tell you, the Ian uh, Ross, who is the founder of Samara Road, that, yeah. you know, he came to town, he saw the opportunity. Um, and really wanted to hometown it. So all the all the equity Just and capital was was raised locally. Um, all the trades, the architects. Um, you know, he's from New York, but he he really understands the importance of yeah. of hometowning a project and letting that town own that building, own mm-hmm. that project. And the building really has gone. Fr- no one could see it. It was under everybody's nose, oh right? And then this young guy from New York comes in and puts it under contract and says, "I'm going to redo it." Everybody's saying, yeah, right. This has been the worst office building yep. downtown for the past 30 days. I mean, how many people did you hear? 30 years, excuse me. You know, so many people I heard, and you heard the same things. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, like, well, if they do everything they say they're going to do, but I don't, you know, I don't, a lot of skepticism. A lot of skepticism, and 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 it, a, a lot of it came over the last 30 years. It's had numerous owners that have said, we're going to redo this building, and it never got done. Right. 
it's getting done. It's it sixty days. It's sixty days away from it being done, and it's gone from a very low class B building, uh, half vacant, uh, to really the best office building downtown. And that's not. I'm not overstating it. I mean, everything downtown was that's newer was done in the '90s. So it's mm-hmm. got this. This '90s patina to it that yep. that is now just not great. Old, yeah. And all we did at Lightwell is we stripped the '90s out of it and brought it back to its mid-century heritage, yeah. which is this beautiful design building that is contemporary. And I think too with Lightwell, a big appeal for WeWork was the connectedness of it. Right? You know, you get with the atrium. You know, you can be on the fourth floor. You know, we have two floors in that building, but they're strategic. Right? We strategically chose those floors because the fourth and the third floor are actually fairly connected due to the catwalks and the skylight. And you feel like you're in a very transparent, open environment that you enjoy being in. Right? And what's funny is those two floors were the worst floors before. Right? Traditionally bad in a stack. Hard to lease, um, but it had this 8,000 square foot outdoor patio. Yep. Um, and one of the one of the things that really transformed the building is the replacement of the there's a, a light well that's all glass that spans Main Street to Baltimore that prior to its replacement was this cracked plastic Flexi glass or it, whatever it was. No light was coming in. Nope. That got uh, uh, finished last month, and the amount of natural light that comes into that building now is so it's amazing. it's interesting. So I was walking on um, on Main Street from 11th to 12th Street, so right in front of the building, with uh, my wife, Chelsea, who has been to Lightwell numerous times, right? We're walking, and I guess we had just never walked on this side of the building since a lot of the interior LEDs have been installed and the new skylight, like you said, was completely finished. And you walk on Main Street and you look over it and you see these really cool LEDs going through that skylight. And she looked over, she said, what is that building? I said, that's Lightwell. <laughs> She's like, oh my, that is cool. Like yeah. that looks like a, what's going on in there, Yeah. right? And I think you said it best in the original, you know, we, you guys did some content creation from a video perspective to start marketing that building. And you said, listen, like from a talent attraction perspective, from a tech perspective, there's not gonna be a better attraction in the central business district in Kansas City if you wanna hire talent and keep it because of what we're doing inside. And I think, you know, when I walk into that building today, I, compared to walking into it 12 months ago, I'm not walking into the same building in any form. And I think we've had a little bit to do with that. We've helped, obviously, oh, as yeah, far as this absolutely. Said. But I think, man, what's, and as soon as you guys finish here in the next 60 days, I mean, it is a, there's so much to be said when you bring someone in, a potential tenant or a company in the market, the first impression is everything. So when you walk into a building, they want to know, all right, do I feel like I'm in the 1970s? Right. right. Or do I feel like this is a place where a 26-year-old who is extremely ambitious and done very well at his first job wants to come work for me because this is different than the last company he worked for in Office Park X. I totally agree. And, th- and that's why I say, you know, the amenities and the common space was inspired by WeWork because they, they get yeah. what, it, what it means to have happy employees. It starts yeah. with the environment, right? Well, the greenery, like I love the Wrigley Field Wall. I call it the Wrigley, the Wrigley Wall, right? Yeah. So yeah, the you got if you if you haven't been down there yet, you gotta you gotta see it. It's Absolutely. not it's about sixty days out, but put in a new green wall. So there's like a hundred and fifty foot all green wall, living wall, uh, new uh, training facility with uh, 
you know, with big screens and the latest in technology, other conference rooms. We took the old bank vault and turned that into a conference room. Um, and then one thing that we're doing that, that uh, is really cool is we're doing a music room. So we'll have a pool table, yeah, we'll have awesome. kick-ass stereo. We just acquired these amazing 70s Alltech speakers. Um, Love it. You'll be able to go in there and get, you know, flavored water and hang out. And, and so, and then the lobby, we really wanted it to feel more like going into, you know, a, a high-end hotel where people are hanging yep. out on the first floor. So we spent a bunch of money to put in high-powered Wi-Fi, um, banquettes, tables, soft seating. Man. So... Uh, I, th I think most people will not be hanging out in their office. They'll be hanging out down in the lobby. Right. Man, I can't, like, with the times we're in, when the time is appropriate, I can't wait to throw a big opening bash oh, with you me guys. me too. I can't wait. With everything you guys have done, it's going to be an awesome time. Chad, great 20 minutes with you. This is yeah, super this interesting. And um, really pleased to hear um, how WeWork is, is turning the ship around. Um, and... Uh, yeah. Best of luck, man. Let's do this. When Lightwell and WeWork are in a way different position in six months, let's do this again. Let's do it. Let's talk about the numbers. Right on. All right.